It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. So, again, we've got you covered there for this bridge time between the OTAs and minicamp of the NFL offseason to training camp. It'll be here sooner than you think here in later July. We have a month about to cover, and that's what we're doing here on Lockdown Fantasy Football. We're bridging you there with team reports for all 32 teams. We're going division by division. Uh, we're now on the NFC North. We've got through a half of the division here with the Bears and Lions. Check out that show. Last week we looked at the NFC East, so we're up to a very intriguing team in fantasy football, very popular team, the Green Bay Packers. We know offensively there's always a spotlight on them around Aaron Rodgers, and this year it's no different and maybe even bigger than we've ever seen before here. A lot of uh, questions and concerns, but also a lot of optimism and enthusiasm about what the Packers can be offensively with their big changes for 2000. 19. So we'll break the Packers down in depth and we'll close the week uh, tomorrow looking at the Vikings, of course, to round out the NFC North. And next week we will kick it up there, going down south to the NFC South and the Atlanta Falcons kicking off with them. So pretty easy to follow. We'll get through all 32 teams, a division a week here over eight weeks. I hope you'll be with us for all that to get you really informed they're going into camp knowing where all these teams stand with uh, the positional setups of the schemes and, of course, the big battles that are, will be ahead here for positions. The Packers have one of those we'll talk about in a little bit. We know one position where they won't have a battle is at quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is still the man. His backup is Deshaun Kaiser. So we know the former Brown, they made the swap there. He's the upgrade over Brett Hundley that they had before. But their hope is that Kaiser won't have to even sniff the field here with Rogers staying healthy again and putting in a fully healthy season. And we know when he's putting in a fully healthy season and he's on target, he has a pretty big season for fantasy football. So that's a question mark. He's got his new Head coach there, his wish, Matt LaFleur replacing Mike McCarthy. You have Nathaniel Hackett as your new offensive coordinator. What are you going to get from Aaron Rodgers? Well, I think you're going to get the best of Aaron Rodgers because there's going to be a little bit of release for him where he's can throw downfield. He'll have more control of the offense. 
We've seen things happen for guys like Ben Roethlisberger and Matt Ryan. Once they get a coordinator they like and trust and a scheme that allows them to be the best of who they are as a quarterback. So I think with Aaron Rodgers, you definitely get that feeling here with Matt LaFleur and Nathaniel Hackett as your OC. He's had some mixed reviews in the past. We know from his stops in Jacksonville and other places where it has been disappointed. He has been let go a few times, but I think LaFleur is a good influence and they can work together well here to get the best out of Aaron Rodgers. So I expect Aaron Rodgers to be stronger than he was last year. Again, just from that mental aspect of not being maybe locked into an offense where he doesn't like or he got tired of. Last year, when you look at the numbers, 16 games for Aaron Rodgers. He throws 25 TDs, two interceptions there. So that part of his game was fine. You look at the rushing aspect of his game he added a couple touchdowns there only 269 yards scrambling so not much there but a couple scores so overall you look at 27 and 2 in most years that's a pretty solid QB1 but we know even with him going well over 4,000 yards 4442 that didn't necessarily put him in that consistent QB1 conversation it was just such a loaded position with guys putting up uh, over 30 touchdowns combined. He was right in that conversation. You want him to do a little bit more. I think by the Aaron Rodgers standards, that was low in terms of the touchdown passes and output you would have expected last year from playing all 16 games. So that's good news. He's coming off a healthy season. Uh, Anything with the collarbone and things in the past did not surface there. So, But there was a sense that he was playing hurt a little bit throughout the season, grinding through, making it work with uh, the offense that he didn't really love, but maybe kind of going through the motions there and not really finding his groove the way he would like to. And I think that that's what prompted the change here in Green Bay, and that means the numbers are only going to get better here. So Aaron Rodgers, we know he's due every few years for that uh, special, special uh, MVP-type season, and this definitely could be it. So... If you're looking for a rebound candidate, this is it. I know people are on Patrick Mahomes and Andrew Luck as a QB1 pretty hard this year, and Deshaun Watson in the same category. But Aaron Rodgers can't be the forgotten man in that. I know those are the shines of the day, especially uh, Mahomes and Watson. Luck has the track record from last year where you're trying to translate those numbers in that offense. But Rodgers can't be the forgotten man for sure. He could easily be the top asset in fantasy football again the season at that position and usually that position outscores everybody else it certainly was the case in Mahomes last year so you really haven't seen this uh, form from him since 2016 when he blew the league with 40 TDs if you look at his uh, track record 2016 40 TDs that's only his second 40 touchdown season he had 39 in 2012 which was very good at the time <laughs> and it's still very good now but again you expect him to do a lot more than the 25 TDs push 35 total for sure and uh, the yardage I don't think will change too dramatically in fact uh, Matt Nagy well sorry Matt LaFleur with his running game and we know Matt Nagy's in the division of Chicago I think there'll be some more running to kind of match what Chicago does, a little bit of balance there. 
to help uh, this defense come along under Mike Pettin there. So overall, Rodgers levels out, I think, with the yardage, but I think the touchdowns should go up here, and the efficiency will go up to uh, the standard we're used to with A-Rod. Now we go to the backfield, and we have to talk about another Aaron, Aaron uh, Jones, and all signs point to him being well-featured in this offense. We look at what Derrick Henry did with Matt LaFleur last year in Tennessee. You had uh, previously when LaFleur was with the Rams, you saw a lot of uh, Todd Gurley, of course. But there's also the influence of the Falcons where you had Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman. So a lot of uh, recent experience with different backfields for LaFleur. So that said, when you look at this, you have to gauge how much they want to get Jamal Williams on the field. Remember... Mike McCarthy was adamant about getting Jamal Williams in situations where they needed pass protection. He didn't completely trust Aaron Jones overall. And Jones had some things off the field as well where the trust factor wasn't there. While Williams, being a little older back, he was uh, taken in the same draft, but they trusted him a little bit more there in terms of his maturity. I don't think that's the case anymore. Jones is just the more talented guy, and this new coaching staff has no basis of what Jamal Williams did versus what Aaron Jones did in the past. They're only going by what they know now, working with them this offseason. So Aaron Jones does look like the closest thing you could be featured there in Green Bay. We haven't seen this in a while. I mean, we've seen in the past with Amon Green and guys like that that have really taken that role. We've had more of a committee approach of late. But Look at Jamal Williams. They pretty much were split on the passing down situations. You had uh, 26 catches on 35 targets for Aaron Jones, 27 for 41 on Jamal Williams, uh, 206 yards for Jones, 210 for Williams, and the TD went to Jones there. But on the ground, it was uh, closer than you think as well. You had uh, 133 carries for Jones, 728 yards, and eight TDs, 121, 464, and three. So clearly when you look at one guy having 5.5 yards per carry and 3.8, it's head-scratching to think that Mike McCarthy would give him Williams, that is, uh, the equal amount of carries. I mean, I could see the reasoning behind working him in the passing game because of the pass protection and being equal receivers or maybe even a superior receiver to Jones. So that's going to be the decision here for LaFleur, does he trust Jones a little bit more as a pass catcher? If it's a wash between those two and one is a little bit more dynamic a runner the way that Jones is, I would uh, lean that way. So I think you feel comfortable, but not comfortable to say he's going to be a full-out RB1. I think you have to look at him as a borderline RB1-2 in terms of the workload. We still expect him to... uh, get the most touches in this backfield when you look at Aaron Jones last year again the touches are split pretty evenly but he still had an edge there overall he had 159 there to 148 to Williams so that should go up here for Jones it's not going to be a 50-50 I think it will be at least a 70% advantage in Jones's favor they also have Dexter Williams who I don't think you can totally forget. This is a sixth-round rookie from Notre Dame. I, I think he was underrated. He's got a little bit of home run ability in the Jones sense, so he could be 
right now the more direct backup if something happened to Jones and they needed a guy to get out there more often, they would need to use Dexter Williams. So something to keep in mind. But Jamal Williams, we know, is limited, can be a plotting back. While Williams, we've seen him reel off a lot of big runs in college with the Fighting Irish, a little bit of underrated uh, receiver as well there. So guy to watch, definitely you can't totally forget about him. If he can uh, battle and make this team, which I expect him to do, then uh, Jamal Williams would be worried there more about his role than uh, Jones should be initially. But I think Williams profiles a lot like Jones, and that could be the valuable guy to have down the line should something happen to Jones, and you always have to be aware of backfield injuries. We'll be right back in a moment to start looking at the Packers wide receiver situation, but guys, first we've got to take a break to talk about sex. That's right. Uh, We're not talking just about sex. We're talking about great sex. And remember the days when you were always ready to go and you could perform the way you wanted all the time? Well, get that extra confidence in bed right back by going to bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew, you get the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. And with Blue Chew, you can take it day or night, even on a full stomach. And because Blue Chew is a chewable, hence the name, it works twice as pa- up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. And this is not just for guys who can't perform. It's any guy who wants to perform way better than they are and uh, just continue to enhance his performance there and if you're worried about the awkwardness of getting blue chew don't worry about that because they prescribe to you online ship straight to your door it arrives in a discreet package so you don't have to worry about waiting in the pharmacy and know that in-person doctors visit to uh, increase your performance blue chew also prepares and ships direct so they're cheaper than a pharmacy and you can feel great about buying Blue Chew because they're made here, right here in the USA. And right now, there's a special offer for you, the listener of Locked On Fantasy Football. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment free when you use a special promo code Locked On. That's the promo code Locked On. You will just pay the five dollars for shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com. B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. Promo code Locked On to try it for free. Blue Chew. The better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring Locked On Fantasy Football. We'll be right back here to look at the rest of the Packers going into training camp for 2019. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's uh, dive into the wide receiver situation that's developing with the Packers. Let's uh, get the easy one out of the way. It's Devontae Adams. What a big season Devontae Adams had last year. He put it all together. We knew he was a big touchdown scorer. We love that part about, about him as a wide receiver. Won 13 scores last year. 
But what we loved is the breakout season in terms of receptions and yards to go with it. He clearly took over as the number one, dominant all-around receiver now. 111 catches on 169 targets, 1,386 yards receiving, 12.5. So still considered more of a possession receiver than a big play threat. Although he can't stretch the field at times. He's really about just dominating all over, catching uh, the simple routes. Third down, Rodgers can look to him. And in the red zone, of course, he's a major factor here, closing out drives, 13 touchdowns. And full season of Aaron Rodgers healthy, full season of Adams at full strength in terms of his hands and route running and ability to get open and getting downfield and winning all his matchups like a number one wide receiver should. So Adams really was super impressive last year, putting it all together. You knew this was coming for him at some point. Started slow in his career, was called out a little bit, but really responded to that. First became a big touchdown machine and now has become a complete receiver that is daunting all over the field. It's kind of in that Michael Thomas range, and that's interesting because you have Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams, and you look up, I think there's a case that he could be the number one receiver in fantasy and taken as that spot because there are some questions about Antonio Brown on a new team, Odell Beckham Jr. is on a new team, Julio Jones. You look at him, the touchdowns really spiked in the second half of the season for Jones. So I think it's going to be in a lot of circles, Jones versus Adams for that top wide receiver mix with DeAndre Hopkins. So I think those three are going to be the debate here. There certainly is a case for Adams because of the touchdowns and the consistency of the touchdowns where you've had that double-digit mark here for a good while that you know you're going to get that. I mean, you have 12, 10, and 13 for three seasons in a row. I mean, that's pretty consistent overall. Really what changed last year was the targets. He was at 121 and 117 the two previous years. And the same per catch average around there, 12 and 13. It's 75 catches, 74 catches. It just spiked up when he had the extra targets there. So his catch rate actually went up a little bit to 65.7. So that's good news as well. That's steadily been on the increase there throughout his career. So that should make you feel good about that as well. And I just don't see... The touchdown regression now. You just can't see that happening when he's such a consistent part of what they do there to finish at drives. I mean, we know it's a little bit different with McCarthy gone and Matt LaFleur in, but Rodgers, trust him, he's going to be the number one, and there's no doubt about that. Now, in terms of the number two receiver, this is the battle that we've been keeping an eye on pretty closely here. Who's going to be that guy who lines up next opposite Adams in there and it's looking more and more like Marquez Valdez scandling I think there's a little bit of a assumption that the guy would be more of Geronimo Allison he had that role last year but it's a different coaching staff again it's a chance to reboot and re-impress some of these newer staff members and another thing is that Geronimo Allison had a nice high floor there for what the Packers wanted to do. He was very productive in the few games that he was healthy for last year. He had uh, 
looking at his number 20 catches for 303 yards and two TDs, and that was in only five games. So there was a potential there if you uh, triple that, uh, you're looking at 900 yards or so, six TDs, 60 catches, somewhere in there to be kind of a viable wide receiver three in uh, different formats. But look at, we also saw that Marquez Valdez-Scantling at times could be very special and didn't get that regular playing time, but had 38 catches on 73 targets, 581 yards, and two touchdowns, only catch rate of 52.1. So we expect that to go up. Allison was very good in that area at 66.7. And you look at yards per target, however, Valdez Scantling 8.0, and Geronimo Allison 10.1. So a lot of things were going in Allison's favor, but I think Scantling, Valdez Scantling has made up a lot of ground in this area, and they've seen that. They like that he can do a little bit of everything opposite uh, Devontae Adams. I think overall, he's a little bit better of a field stretcher. They both had healthy averages there, 15.2, 15.3. So it was pretty close, but Valdez Scandling was a little bit better at doing that. And I think they also like this aspect of Geronimo Allison is that he's the bigger receiver, so they can put him in the slot. And they kind of like the big slot concept. And this is kind of popped up around the league more and more where teams are looking at nickel backs and dime backs who teams have constructed them to be smaller be guys that are quick and can handle the slot and you've got like 510 511 corners playing inside and really in a groove there but the big slot changes things a lot when you have a guy that can run good routes inside it really uh, changes the way you can create mismatches there where now you control that versus just putting the normal little guy in there. With quickness, it takes a special receiver to do that. And I think they've realized that this is the best way to set it up. And the Packers are going to have plenty of three wide receiver sets, but we know that Valdez Scandling is going to get maybe more opportunities there as the number two. It's just harder sometimes to uh, be looked at in the slot, especially when you have Devontae Adams running such great routes here but that's also a reason we're really high on Aaron Rodgers having that big spike because he's going to have Allison and Belda Scandling in there consistently with Adams and three legitimate top weapons so in the end it could be pretty even between Allison and Belda Scandling in terms of the actual production a lot of that profiles that way but I, I think I would Give the edge to Valdez Scandling. If I'm looking for wide receiver three upside, I would go there. Well, Allison is probably wide receiver three, borderline wide receiver four, with limited upside just because he's going to be working the slot. And again, Adams is such a dominant number one. So anytime you look at the number three versus a dominant number one, it's going to be a trickle down to less production. While Valdez Scandling looks like the clear choice here to be the outside number two. Now, they've got other guys there. I think you're looking at Equinemius St. Brown being ahead of Jamon Moore. It's funny because uh, we saw in the draft that Valdez Scantling and St. Brown were taken after Jamon Moore, but Jamon Moore has really fallen behind. But now he's trying to fight Jake Kumaro and Trevor Davis, some of these other guys that have been hanging around for a key spot on this roster. Trevor Davis has that returnability there. So you're looking at. St. Brown being the guy that they put in on the field when they stretch the field and try to take some deep shots. He is 
a pretty good deep receiver in his own right, 15.6 yards per catch. So he'll probably be the guy when they spread the field. So that gives Aaron Rodgers a little extra juice to do that when they're needing to throw often. St. Brown is a pretty good number four to have. And uh, Jay Kumaro is a the guy they like, so I think he could have a key role as well, sometimes working the slot when they want a more traditional guy there. So overall, I can't see Jamon Moore doing too much here, but it's a pretty clear pecking order. It's uh, Adams there first. Valdez Scandling is your number two outside. Allison is your kind of code number two, more like a number three, working the slot there. And then uh, St. Brown is that guy coming off the bench to uh, make a few big plays, and hopefully he'll get in the end zone as well after not scoring as a rookie. At tight end, we'll look at uh, the simple situation here. Jimmy Graham is still the starter. He's vowed to have a bigger impact here, and we know with uh, Matt LaFleur, they had big plans for Delaney Walker last year. He unfortunately got hurt. Tried to work with Joni Smith in there, but kind of a developing situation like that with Jimmy Graham and the rookie Jay Sternberger, the third round pick from Texas A&M in the mix. They have uh, the blocker there as well, hanging around Mercedes Lewis. Graham feels like he's in for a good rebound season. It was very disappointing last year. 55 catches for 636 yards on 80 targets. We were okay with that. But only two TDs. Jimmy Graham's calling card is getting in the end zone. Part of that was probably hurt by Devontae Adams being that consistent touchdown presence. So there's always going to be a cap on those scores for Graham where the Adams there being kind of the tight end, so to speak, in terms of finishing drives. So there's that to worry about. And Sternberger, again, he's a rookie tight end. You can't worry too much about him yet. It usually takes a couple years to get totally immersed here. But I can see Graham being in position for a bounce back season again. Those receiving numbers weren't too bad. If you can get to up to 700 receiving yards or so and have five TDs, you'd be okay with that. But uh, he's a rebound candidate. I wouldn't go nuts to go get him here. Uh, maybe make sure you have another strong option there, tight end, and hopefully one of those guys will pan out to be the tight end one you're desiring. But that's the thing that you definitely have to look at with Jimmy Grant. In a moment, we'll break down uh, the defense and kicker if there's anything to see there for fantasy football here for the Packers in 2019. But first, I got to say, uh, you got to check out our channel for NBA, Locked On NBA, the flagship show, and all our team by team shows there as they keep you up to date with free agency with all the inside news and notes you need to know, where the big names are going, how the teams are assembling themselves, the super teams, the super max contracts, all that good stuff there to see the future of NBA teams uh, forming and uh, who will end up being the championship favorites and the new teams to beat around the NBA. So check that out. It's going to be a busy, busy time as uh, teams have complete extreme makeovers across that league. So check out all the shows on the Lockdown NBA channel. We'll be right back here with a look at the Packers defense and special teams. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, uh, we'll wrap up with the Packers defense and see if there's anything to see there. They did make some big moves there, adding Preston Smith there from the Redskins. They added Zadarius Smith from the Ravens, so they're a little bit better there. You had uh, Kenny Clark, some help with Montrevis Adams, uh, stepping up into a bigger role. You have Rashawn Gary, the first-round pick as well. And uh, Mike Daniels up front, so you've got a very strong now front seven when you add the two Smiths in there. Blake Martinez on the rise as inside linebacker. They also like Oren Burks in the scheme with for Mike Pettin inside. So Kyler Fackrell made a lot of plays last year as well, rushing the passer. So pretty loaded team now. All of a sudden going after the quarterback, Jerry Alexander, we know have had some special moments at corner they add Darnell Savage as well as another first round pick defensively he looks like he's going to start with their other new starting safety Adrian Amos signed away from the rival Bears so all of a sudden this Packers secondary looks pretty good here with Alexander and his pedigree as last year's first round pick Savage this year's first round pick Amos coming off a big year with the Bears so there's some good depth here They've got a couple more bodies again to get after quarterback in the two Smiths. So overall, this is just looking like a team that can be streamed for a few weeks in better matchups against weaker teams. Again, it's hard in this division with the uh, Bears and Lions and Vikings to trust any of the teams really against any of the other ones in those defensive matchups. But elsewhere, you got to feel good about the Packers. Just a lot of playmakers. That's what you have a look at. Overall, collect all the players. What do they do well? Are there enough pass rushers? Enough guys to take advantage on the back end to make some big plays off that pass rush. And I think with the Bears, with Alexander and Amos in the back end, and now the Smiths and uh, Kenny Clark, what he does to control the action of the middle. Mike Daniels getting a little older, but now has Rashawn Gary to flank him. And Kyler Fackrell, what he can do. This is a pretty good overall defense. The one that Mike Patton has kind of been looking for to assemble since he arrived in Green Bay, and that's why they kept him as the defensive coordinator. So, you know, Patton defenses, whether it's been in Buffalo or the Jets, we've uh, seen good results there at times. And uh, this, I think, with the Packers, offense in gear, putting pressure on teams, they're going to be building some leads. They'll be in pressure position to uh, tee off there with their pressure and uh, create those turnovers as teams try to keep up with Aaron Rodgers through the air. So there's a lot of good things to look at there. I think the Packers are going to be a nice defense special teams asset against uh, weaker teams here that uh, just simply don't have the firepower to keep up with Aaron Rodgers and what the Packers have with LaFleur now. At kicker, do you trust Mason Crosby? I think I would think you could go elsewhere and be fine. I think Crosby has been a name that we take consistently in fantasy football. Coming off some rough times of late, he's getting a little older here. I mean, you're looking at a guy now 
drafted in 07. So it's been quite a while since he's there. I think you can do a little bit better kicker. Just don't lock in just because he's a familiar name and this offense is pretty good. It's not like you locked into uh, previous uh, kickers just by what team they're associated. You have to look at it a little deeper. I don't think he has too much range as well anymore where he's not going to give you the 50-yarder. So I like guys who can occasionally get the 50-yarders and make him. I think you can find those values elsewhere. So defense, I'm buying a lot more into in Green Bay than kicker. And again, kicker, I just don't like the older kickers that have faded a little bit with their strength, and that's the key with Crosby. While I like the defense with a lot of upside, a lot of upgrades there for Mike Pettin. So there you have it. There's a look at the Green Bay Packers and here in 2019. Complete look going into training camp. Things, of course, can change, but that's what we're looking at and telling you to observe here in camp. But overall, there's some good feelings about this team. I really think they can win the division and uh, put together some nice offensive stats in doing so. So thanks so much for listening. Again, catch up on the Bears and Lions in the previous show. We'll have the Vikings on tomorrow's show. For Lockdown Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.